Hello and welcome to a Sideways Life podcast. My name is Al. I'm Leanne. She's my wife. I am. <laughs> and uh, we are talking today to uh, Dan the Man, is which is the name I've just given him. He doesn't know this, so if you're listening, Dan, I'm sorry if that's if you don't like that, but it's too late. We've recorded it, uploaded it. Shame. Published. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Salmon. Dan Salmon is pretty amazing. Um, he, Leanne found him on Instagram, started chatting. Um, he's really, really positive and really like encouraging with us with our podcast and, and within a second said, yes, happily I'll come on as a guest. Um, now what you need to know about Dan is that he has a business called Never A Wasted Journey. And the idea behind that is he's a luxury travel consultant, I suppose. I want to say a consultant rather than agent. Yeah, I think agent can sound, a, yeah, I agree. His expertise warrant consultant. Yeah. Um, and he an award winning one at that. Yeah, sixty eight thousand. If I've got this right, Dan, sixty eight thousand um, travel companies in the in the UK. He came number one. That's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Go Isn't on, Dan. <laughs> Good for you. And I think the, he also has like some celebrity. Well, a lot of celebrity. Um, and high net worth individual clients. Um, Callum Best, which is I think is that George Best's son. I believe it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm neither cool nor follow football, so I thought that was the case, but I wasn't sure. Um, he organises regularly organises his holidays and his uh, trips away. Um, he also did um, Gary Lineker's brother. What's he called? Wayne Lineker. That's it. Wayne Lineker. He's got a bar in. I want to say Ibiza. Ibiza. Yeah, I want to say Ibiza. Um, and he's um, uh, and he organised the engagement for or the proposal. Sorry, uh, for um, not Gary. Wayne. (laughs) 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 Sorry, Gary, if you're listening. But he also talks about uh, having people working with people with lower budgets. So he doesn't necessarily, you don't necessarily have to rock up with a cheque for £250,000 for a week in the Maldives. You know, if you've got, we're not talking £300 for a, you know, a ropey hotel in, I don't want to say anywhere, just in case I'm going to offend someone. But we are talking about someone with a reasonable budget. He will organise all kinds of things for you. Like you can you can fly in a private jet. Even if you're flying on a normal normal plane, then he can organise like a private terminal for you at the, at the airport. Really, really cool stuff. So we talked about all kinds of things, like what it's like to, to uh, manage or own and run a business, a travel business during COVID. We talked about... What his top three destinations, or the top three destinations are. And then we also asked him what his top three destinations are, which we will come back at the end, Leanne, and we'll have a chat because some of this is relevant to us. So were they different, like the top three in terms of popularity and his personal top three? Exactly. Oh, okay. Exactly. And, uh, and it's really interesting. Okay, so let's go meet Dan the Man. Okay, so we're here with Dan Salmon from Never A Wasted Journey. There's, I've been looking forward to this interview for, for about a week now because he's got such an exciting job and exciting life. Uh, we just really want to dig into that. Um, but uh, first of all, obviously, welcome, Dan. Thanks for thank joining you. Us. No, thank you for having me on. It's great. It's great. Uh, so I just want to start off from the beginning. So tell us your story. How did uh, Never A Wasted Journey, how did it, how did it start? to begin yeah okay so um after leaving school i was one of those people who i really didn't know what i wanted to do what i wanted to get into so i decided the best thing i could do was take myself off on a gap year and i went through australia thailand new zealand fiji um and it was incredible it was great and that's what got me the travel bug if you like um so returning to the uk i then still really wasn't sure what kind of line i wanted to go down so I started working for a company called Mark Warner Holidays, 
Um, and I was a ski host during their winter seasons and a lifeguard in their summer seasons. So after two years there, finally came back to the UK and thought, right, I need to get a job. Let's uh, let's start settling down a little bit. Um, and I, uh, I went for a job for Kwoni Travel um, in their flagship store in High Street, Kensington, um, which was a great kind of intro into the sales side to things there. Um, very high net worth clients, great holidays, a great brand as well. Um, and I worked there for three years. Um, trouble for me, it was two hours each way on a train each day. So 20 hours a week, I sat there on a the train. I thought things need to change. I need to get rid of my life back. Um, so I was then actually approached by a company called 10 Lifestyle Management, who are a concierge to the travel industry. They've got all the big banks. Um, and that gave me a different role. So not only was I doing the sales for travel, but I was also dealing with all the finer details, so the restaurant bookings, theatre tickets, music events, etc. Um, another three years there, and I decided, right, I've got all the experience behind me, but I didn't want to get into management. I wanted to set myself the challenge of setting up my own company. Um, and eight years ago now um, is when I did set up Never A Wasted Journey. Um, and again, at the start, it was mainly family and friends, um, probably just dealing with a couple of holidays, a couple of honeymoons. Um, and now it's gone global. I've got clients all over the UK, on the UK rich list, in America, in Dubai, Cape Town, um, and it's gone worldwide. Um, and total sales now are probably £2 million pounds, uh, plus each year. Um, and I've done it all single-handedly. So it's something I'm proud of, but at the same time, I absolutely love it. I love travel, um, and it's a great challenge. Yeah, it really is. That comes through very much on your website and in your Instagram, is how much you really do like travel. Yes, you mentioned there's yeah. some... You mentioned there some some uh, some clients we might have heard of. I noticed uh, two particular yes. names that I'd heard of on your on your website, yes. Callum Best and Wayne Lineker. So tell yes. us a bit more about what did you do? What did you do for those people? What did you? Yeah. So um, so for Wayne Lineker in particular, um, he we had a mutual friend. Um, she went away to the Maldives and put a post up. Thank you, Dan. Had never a wasted journey. Um, without me even realising, he was following her. Started following me. Um, and we got into a bit of a conversation. Um, and at that time, he was actually looking to propose to um, his girlfriend. So he came to me and said, look, I want something really well, something unique. Um, he didn't want the standard proposal. So working with my contacts in the Maldives and my previous experience and put him thinking outside the box, um, we arranged for a private sunset cruise uh, with champagne and canapes. Um, after that, it then came back round the island um, where there was an underwater restaurant, which we exclusively hired for them. Their own private chef, seven course meal, um, their favourite music played. And then we actually had two scuba divers swim past the window with a sign saying, will you marry me? Um, so anyway, for him, he loved it. She said yes, which was excellent news. Um, but he posted that online. He actually got a video of it all happening. Um, and that went out to half a million people. Um, thanking Dan at Never A Wasted Journey. So for me, the publicity was incredible. Um, it got my name out there. Um, a lot of new clients, a lot of other celebrities, um, sports personalities as well. Um, and they're people who do now book with me. And off the back of that as well, um, obviously Callum Best books with me. Um, and we've done some fantastic trips for him. Dubai is one of his best ones we've done. Really, again, some great exposure when he posts when he's away. Um, so, yeah, they're great people. I think if you can get in with a celebrity or someone who is in the public eye, it can be incredible uh, for your business. But at the same time, I think it has to be the right person to fit your business. Um, but for me, they've both been fantastic. They're great guys as well. 
Um, and it's really kind of taken me up to that next level. So how, what's it like? I'm, I'm curious. What's it like talking to someone you've seen on TV? Yeah. So at the start, it's strange. It is, yeah, you kind of think, oh my God, I'm speaking to whoever it may be. Um, and then over time, once they kind of, you, you do deal with their holiday, you want to make sure you're doing a great job, first of all, and that nothing goes wrong. Um, but then when you do do it really well, you look after them, you make sure that obviously you keep things private before they go. Um, and they build that trust. And then from then, it, they are actually great people. Um, so we have WhatsApp conversations. He might give me a call and we'll have a chat about his holidays or just life in general, really. So it's great fun. Um, and in return, whenever we go to Ibiza, he looks out for us at his clubs as well. Um, so it's, it's, a great, it's a great, yeah, it's a really good kind of match there, if you like. But, uh, but off the back of that, yeah, it's just led to really, really fantastic clients that I wouldn't have ever been put in front of before. Um, some of them can spend £250,000 on their holidays, um, where for me, I'd probably maybe go and buy a house or a flat, but that's the kind of level we're talking at really there. And when you get that budget to spend, you really can create some fantastic experiences for them. Um, I've now got access to um, afternoon tea with royalty in India, under, uh, sorry, submersible charter for underwater explorations in Antarctica, um, you can ride Harleys with Che Guevara's son in Cuba. So there's it, so many. It's great. And I think once you do deal with that level of clients um, and budget, you can really create some fantastic trips as well. It's just amazing. And, and Thank so, you. <laughs> so tell us then, what's your, what are some of your proudest projects you've put together? Yeah. So, um, oh, let me think. So there was <clears throat> one guy who came to me, um, never spoke to him before, um, and uh, this was actually from when I first started off, um, and he got in touch, and all he was talking about was train tickets here, train tickets there, not very, very high-end value bookings, um, but he, we probably spent hours looking into this for him. Um, so, you know, hours, hours looking back was important for the trains. He walked away, didn't book anything, never heard anything from him for two weeks, and he came back two weeks later um, and booked a £200,000 holiday. And that was his test. He had gone to every travel agent in the local area who, who he could see would give him the best service for something that isn't going to be a great booking. And then that got his trust. Then he came back and booked, um, obviously, a big trip. Um, and he booked an incredible trip all the way through um, Africa on safari, where we kind of obviously did the game drives. Um, we went, they went across to the Seychelles, where we had a private island hire for him as well and his family. Um, he's been back to Japan. Uh, when he was in Japan, we actually managed to get a private samurai sword lesson uh, with the lead choreographer from the Kill Bill movies. Um, and so, so these things, these are the things that I love really, thinking outside the box. Proposals are great because you know you're really creating some kind of fantastic memories for people there as well. Um, and again, they come back year on year and it's the challenge of what we're going to get them next. I think you set the bar high and you have to keep to that level. I've read quite a few things about from people like Bill Gates or Gary yes. Vaynerchuk or whatever, who say that when you get past a certain amount of wealth, it doesn't have to be a huge amount of wealth, but it's not about buying things, about buying yeah. experiences. Exactly your... right. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. I think the, the days of a luxury holiday, maybe um, to a well-known hotel just to go and sit on a beach for a week. I don't really think that's luxury as much anymore. I think it is exactly as you say. It's all about the experience creating these fantastic memories that people are going to kind of take with them for years to come. Um, and again, I think especially after COVID now, a lot of people um, want to make up for lost time. And I think the future travel will be some incredible experiences. Yeah. 
So that's the the thorny subject. I, I wasn't going to bring it yes. up until you did. Yes, sorry. <laughs> um, obviously, obviously, the, uh, the the United Kingdom and most countries are now locked down in terms yes. of travel or very very yep. restricted. So yes. I suppose I've got two questions around that. First of yep. all, when things do open up, where do you see people yep. going? Yes. Um, in fact, I'll leave my second question to you. Are you done? Yeah, there? of course. Um, so yeah, I completely agree. For me, I've had one person travel in fourteen months. Wow. Um, that is generally due to restrictions. Um, kind of not being able to go to certain countries, be, albeit a complete travel ban. So the demand is there. The people, my clients, people I've been speaking to, the things you see on social media, um, it's huge. Yeah, I think the demand is definitely there, but it's going to be different this time round. I think I really used to like getting involved in backstreet tours of Delhi and things like that, but unfortunately now I think it will be different to begin with. Um, people will spend more, as we said. They've got the money to spend. They may have missed out on holidays. They've got more money there for the future holidays. Um, but it is going to be more private. That's what I'm finding. People are looking into private charter for aircraft, private island hire, um, villas, private villas, whatever it may be, even private homes. Um, it's not so much your mass market hotels where you can go up for the buffet in the evenings now. I think people are really cautious. Um, and even things like departing from a UK airport, there's an option that I can offer my clients where um, we can actually have your own private terminal as well. Right. So even if you're on a standard economy flight, you can pay to go in this VIP terminal and completely avoid the crowd. So I think that's what people want. They want someone to hold their hand as well. It is very, very confusing now, especially with the UK traffic light system um, that is in place. I think people are a little confused. They might not know where they can go to, um, where it's safe to go to. And I think the future of travel will be booking through a travel agent, um, something where maybe the booking is completely protected for a start. So they're financially protected, but then just someone who's there um, if something goes wrong. Uh, and rather than booking online, maybe someone they can just pick up the phone to and speak to as well. I think that's that's interesting. We went through as certainly in the UK because I'm originally from the UK. Yes, uh, I yes. certainly remember the the sort of the tele. Was it called the teletext holidays? That's it, go, exactly. Yep. Yes, yes, yeah. And you get three hundred quid. We'll get you on a on, on a ropey hotel for a yes, week. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> in, in right. <laughs> um, and uh, and this whole like sort of like stop where everyone just stop and no one could go does put that value back on the time you're going to you're yes. going to go away and yeah, so I, I have friends yeah i have friends who are who are definitely would would drop 10 grand yeah. on two weeks on a decent holiday than exactly. trying to find the cheapest they could possibly yes go. that's it and i think the destinations as well linking on from that there it's um again is i'm finding a lot of demand for the maldives because you have got that privacy um the states when it picks up i think there's that trusted relationship um we're going to a country where they speak the same language. You know how it is going to be. Um, again, sadly, I think places like Australia, New Zealand, we're going to be looking into next year for that now. Um, Africa, the tail end of this year. Um, but hopefully we can get some pockets in Europe, um, maybe the Caribbean or Indian Ocean at some point um, to start getting people away again. So if I came to you now and said, right, I want to go away in four weeks time. Is, yeah. is that... Are you able to know, to know which countries I could go to or is it guesswork or what? It, yeah, it is, it is really. It is, we kind of run all the data. So we're looking at the countries that have got obviously the highest vaccine vaccinations done and the lowest cases. Um, but even with that, for example, the Maldives, they were doing really, really well. Um, that was one that I thought for sure was going to be on the green list, if not possibly the amber, and they put it on the red list. So mm. it kind of shows you it's really, really hard to predict 
Um, especially, unfortunately, with the situation in India at the moment, any countries kind of surrounding there, we've got to be a little bit careful for. Um, but again, it did surprise me. I thought there would be more countries on the green list to begin with. Um, I know we've got to take it slow and build it up gradually. Um, and obviously, Portugal, that's one fantastic option to start getting people to. But I think we do need to build on that. I think moving forward, maybe just look into it a bit more. But I think there is still a long way to go. Um, so I know it's being reviewed every three weeks which is good. There's no more kind of we're finding out on a Friday night that on Sunday there's going to be bans because that was absolutely crazy for last year. Um, and I think that little bit of notice, but it's going to be something that's very, very stop start, I think, this year, unfortunately. Um, but a good thing, again, what I've done for my clients is if it hasn't been possible to go, it's a full refund, no questions asked. So people aren't going to be stuck financially. Um, and again, we're here to do the hard work for you, adapting kind of the last minute changes, if you like. Um, but yeah, predictions, I'll probably say Europe to begin with, um, possibly the States, maybe in the summer, and then gradually open up further from there. We're talking, you mentioned financial risk, then yes. that brings me nicely into my next yes. question, which yeah. is more of a personal nature. So running your business, a travel business during yeah. COVID, yeah. tell me what that was like. It's tough. Yeah. So when I first started Never Wasted Journey, I probably turned over about £50,000 worth of holidays, which isn't much, but it, it was a start. And then eight years later, I got it up to turning over £2 million a year. So from £2 million, things were going fantastic. I had some great trips booked. Um, the tap got turned off and everything got cancelled down. So in 14 months, as I said, I've had one person travel. Um, so it's tough. It is hard, but it's kind of still that service you give throughout all of that, I find. So getting the clients their money back, getting the money back within two weeks. They're not waiting months or having to call the airlines themselves. We're doing it for them. Um, and again, if you offer that service, they will be back. They're all very, very happy. Um, but from my personal point of view, it is, yeah, it's about how you adapt. So the way I run my company is that I'm obviously the director. I do everything myself. I'm actually home-based rather than having an office. Um, so for me, I've kind of found that a lot of my clients, they want to speak in the evening. They want to be WhatsApping me. They don't really want to go and sit in a travel agent for hours of their spare time. Um, so it works. It works for me that way. And luckily, I haven't had to kind of have the expense of a shop or the staff. But at the same time, it means I don't actually get any backing from the government. So for me, it has been me, you're on your own, deal with it in a way. Um, so it's ways of looking outside the box, but I've kind of got a part-time job just to help kind of pay the bills, if you like, um, while travel did go quiet. And then it's about cutting down costs where I can, but at the same time, not kind of forgetting my clients. I didn't want to just shut down, people not think I'm thinking of them. So I'll be picking up the phone, having a chat with them, keeping on their radar um, and trying to post quite a lot on Instagram um, or various social media platforms, which are going to be more inspirational. Um, I saw quite a few people kind of pushing sales and I didn't really think they were taking the current climate into mind. And you've got a great 50% off if you travel next week. Well, things like that aren't going to work. So it's mainly kind of letting people know you're there, keeping them updated on the latest updates um, and then posting some really great content for the future, um, which gets their interest. They're at home. They're thinking of holidays for the future. Um, and we've really got, I've actually picked up some fantastic new clients from that for moving forward as well. Talking of your content, you've got some fun, phenomenal pictures on your Thank Instagram. You. Um, how do you get hold of these? How do you source these? You take them yourself? Yeah, so some of them are my own. Um, I've been lucky enough, obviously, but I have my own company and the experience that I've had in the travel industry. I've been to some fantastic destinations, which has been great to be able to kind of 
take those photos or visit them in person. Um, and then again, apart from that, it's mainly um, just getting the permission of people who do own the photographs or the rights to the photographs. Um, again, I've got some fantastic kind of relationships with hotels worldwide. Um, and if you contact them or message them and just say, look, would you mind if I use this picture? It's going with my next post. They're more than happy to do it. I think it's getting their name out there. Um, it's getting their kind of images in front of people as well. Um, but yeah, it's just, it just is Instagram is fantastic for travel. I think if you're an accountant, maybe not so it's not going to work. Um, but for travel, we're lucky. We've got so many fantastic places in the world. Um, and it really does kind of paint, it paints a picture for you. So talking of these hotels, the partners, yes. how do you find like these amazing places where you've got an underwater restaurant or a yeah. North Pole? How does that work? Well, again, for me, it was experience. I think the, the companies that I worked with before um, were great. They sent me on educational visits. So I got to go and visit them firsthand. Um, and I've, I've built up some great relationships in the industry. Um, and actually, two years ago, um, just before COVID all happened, um, I was named Luxury Travel Designer of the Year. So out of 68,000 agents in the country, I was lucky to be named number one. Um, so by getting that, the hotels are keeping in touch with you. They want you to come out and see their properties. Um, and you find some really unique kind of companies that you may not have ever heard of before. Get in touch, let you know kind of the experiences that they can offer. Um, so that's what I do. I'm researching online. I'm looking on Instagram for the latest kind of updates or um, new cool hotels that are there, going to visit them in person. Um, and again, just keeping in touch with my suppliers or training days to keep on top of your game. I think that's what you've got to do. If you maybe just think, you know, no one knows everything. So it's always learning, trying to create some new contacts or reach out to people um, and then thinking outside the box to kind of create incredible experiences that really people couldn't book yourselves. Um, I recently had a ground agent in America who I spoke to, and we arranged for a client to have um, sunrise yoga at the top of the Empire State Building, and things like that. That just that's the client for life now. She loved that experience, but then again, you are setting the bar, so you've got to keep on top of it all and think of these new ideas that people have never thought of themselves. What's the travel industry like as uh, being in the insider? Is it is it as cutthroat as it seems like ten years ago? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's. There are, it's hard, it is tough, but obviously there's a lot of competition in the travel industry. But what I've found now, where people used to be quite price driven, um, and they'd be looking online, they'd see a price on booking.com, or then they put their flight separately, they have run into so many problems over the last year where they might not be getting their money back, they're spending six hours on a phone to an airline, or even worse, they may have been stranded somewhere overseas. So I think by now people are willing to spend a bit more, which makes it easier from my point of view. You haven't got to be as kind of competitive um, to beat those lower, lower um, end agents or operators um, because you're given a better service. And I think people are willing to pay for that now. At the same time, you've obviously got to negotiate strong offers um, so that you are competitive. Um, you don't want to be kind of coming in a couple of thousand pounds more. You need to be on par with everyone else. Um, but again, there's companies, for example, BA Holidays. Um, they knew enough to give their flights away for free um, at, at the moment. So in that situation, it's very, very hard to compete. Um, but at the same time, you're giving a much, much better service. Um, it's, it's making it a lot easier for people. They can simply pick up the phone and speak to you, as we've said. Um, but again, yeah, it's negotiating those strong offers, making people sure that they are getting a good offer 
Um, and again, just making it safer. You want someone to go to a hotel. I heard again, somebody who booked last year when COVID started to break, um, they booked a hotel themselves, flew all the way out there, got there, the hotel was closed. There was no water in the swimming pool um, and things like that. So they're completely unaware, some people. So you just need to book through an agent and let them do everything for you. I think that's that's great advice. So if someone is listening who hasn't got the £200,000 budget yes. to come yeah. to you, um, then where would you suggest? Are you saying they should just go through an agent? And if so, is there a particular someone you refer to? Or Yeah, so, well, me personally, I do, I've given you the best example of my clients, but um, I do cater for budgets and ideas, so I can personally help for that um, as well. But in general, yeah, I just maybe go online, just make sure it's a package holiday. Um, I wouldn't try and book your hotel yourself, then your flight separately with everything that's going on. If you do, there's nothing wrong with doing that, but just make sure you've got complete flexibility. So an airline ticket that will allow you to make changes at the very last minute, and a hotel that may offer cancellation 24, 48 hours before departure. I think flexibility is key at the moment. Um, no one knows what's around the corner, unfortunately. And uh, me personally, I thought we'd have been finished by this, the end of last summer. Um, and we're now nearly into the next summer. So it's so hard to know what is around the corner. Um, and again, for the UK point of view, I always advise um, booking a package holiday because you've got the ABTA protection, the atoll protection. Um, and again, you've got the 24-hour contact number. Um, so just be careful. Yeah, I think at the same time, there's a lot of scam artists out there, unfortunately, um, as we run into in all walks of life. And uh, just make sure your money's protected. Yeah, Makes perfect sense. So if we talk about uh, the top three luxury destinations, how would, yes. you, uh, how would you describe those? Okay, so um, as we said, I think it's more about experience, to be honest. Um, I think the Caribbean is great for what it offers, but I don't really feel it's that new luxury, if that makes sense. Um, I think people really want a wow factor experience. Um, so for me, I would probably push the Maldives. Um, if you want the beach day, I just think it is absolutely incredible. It's a stunning location to visit. Um, the resorts are at the highest levels of service. Um, you've got the Reefy Raw, you've got Saniba Jani, where you've got your own water villas with a slide. Um, there's just so much to do, as we've touched on as well. You've got underwater restaurants, you can dine in the treetops. Um, there's plenty to do there, and it really, really gives that wow factor. I think where you fly into the Maldives, first of all, and the view you get of the islands all down below, um, it really kind of gets you excited for getting to your resort. And when you're there, that doesn't disappoint you. So for me, Maldives is number one. Um, or it's in the top three. Let's say that. <laughs> it's in the top three. Um, obviously, Bora Bora is another one that's a great. But for me, it's a lot of travelling to get there. You're spending two days on a plane just to get there. And you get a similar experience staying closer to home and going for the Maldives. So that's one. Um, second for me would actually be... Um, gorilla trekking um for me something a bit different a bit more unique um but in rwanda uh, the one and only uh, brand have actually opened two properties out there um so you're getting that five star luxury levels of service um and you can actually go as we said gorilla trekking trekking with wild gorillas um i was actually lucky enough to do it myself um three years ago um, and it is one of the best experiences that I've ever done. I was a bit hesitant. I wasn't too sure, but I wanted to try it. I'd be able to share it with uh, my followers and clients as well. Um, and just go in there. Come, we were kind of six foot, eight foot away from my family of wild gorillas. Um, and it was incredible. But not only that, Rwanda or Uganda, wherever you may decide to go. Um, there's so much as well. We did a local school visit. We we're lucky to see some, unfortunately, 
uh, unprivileged kids, but their smiles on their faces, they're so happy, they're some of the nicest people that we could have ever met. You go again, you've got um, obviously fantastic nature, scenery, waterfalls. Where we actually camped, there was um, a number of hippo, which were kind of underneath our lodgings, if you like, at night. You had tree sleeping lions, you had elephants. It's an abundance of wildlife. So that would be one, another one for me. Um, and number three, oh, a lot of people now are thinking about not cruises as we know them um, from before, but more kind of expedition cruises. So that could be going into Antarctica, traveling down South America, seeing whales, seeing the penguins. I think that is a real, real bucket list uh, trip as well. Fantastic. It's funny you say about um, Rwanda. Um, about three, four years ago, yes. um, I was in a taxi or an Uber in Manchester um, and the driver was from Rwanda. Yes. And he, said, he said to me, you've got to go to my country. And, and I was like, okay, cool. And he's like, let me send you some links. And he sent me some links and then he showed me some pictures and I was just blown away because obviously you don't, I, I, th- I think if, if you've been around the news in the last 15 years, you think of Rwanda in a very yeah. different way. Yes, and, yeah. And that, he was just exactly- like, stunning. It is, and it is, and that's the thing. I think you hear a lot in the media, um, but, but again, by booking through a Repsol agent, you're going to know if it's safe to go there or not, um, and there's some incredible countries out there. But for me, yeah, Rwanda just blew me away. It's one of those that was never on my list, but when I got the chance, I jumped at it to go and try it and experience it, and, yeah, I highly, highly recommend it, definitely. It's funny, one of our favourite places, we, we, we drive around Europe and then we fly yes. east. Um, for a couple of months a year Um, and uh, when we drove around Europe one of the countries that we're probably most worried about and we completely shouldn't have been because it was beautiful and the people are amazing was Bosnia and Herzegovina oh yes Um, and of course I mean I I think I'm a little older than you but you still might remember the conflict of the 90s yes yeah Um, and we just got there and we're all a bit like "Mm." we drove in from um uh, from Montenegro across the mountains and we got five minutes it still gives me chills thinking about it five minutes to stop (laughs) And take a picture of just what was the most beautiful landscape I'd yeah. ever seen, and then the people were just incredible. And they so are, and that's it. I think you found it yourself. It's it's just yeah, the media. Unfortunately, you get these memories in your head where you think, right, no way. Even Sri Lanka, for example. I think people used to always think like Tamil Tiger, and it's a fantastic country. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, but I'm very jealous. That's on my list to visit at some point. <laughs> well, it's fantastic. Mostar was we Sarajevo was a little bit more commercial, and, yes. but Mostar was just this. It was amazing, wow. the people. Oh, amazing. Great. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I just wanted to mention, just wanted to ask quickly, but from a business point of view, because yes. some of our listeners are looking to set up a business. Um, yes. You mentioned before that you keep your company lean, which is cool. Yeah. Um, so it's just you, and at the moment you're working from home rather than fancy offices in Knightsbridge yeah. or whatever. Um, yes. Does that mean that you might be able to take your business remote somewhere in the future? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, that is the bonus, really, by, by working from yourself in theory by being home-based and the way modern technology is now you need an internet and a phone line or even a mobile phone and a laptop for example and you can take your business anywhere so the downfall is that wherever i am at any time you can never switch off you are constantly working but the best thing about it is you get to see some incredible places so it may be I was lucky enough to be in the Maldives for a week and I had to do a bit of work, but I'd rather be doing that there than um, sat in a gloomy office back home. So it is flexibility for you, which is great. It really gives you a great lifestyle as well. Um, you can take your work anywhere. It's hard work. Of course it is. I think any business growing it, it is going to be hard. But um, I think when travel comes back, it's going to come back with a bang. And for anyone who's looking to kind of start their own travel business or whatever it may be, 
And there's nothing wrong, I think, by looking at the home working situation. It does give you that flexibility. Um, and it's just getting started, put in the hard work, don't give up. Um, heavenly knows you may get, just keep pushing. Um, and the hard work does pay off. I think for me, it's been a roller coaster kind of ride. Um, and up till before COVID, it was definitely all worthwhile. Yeah, so it's, that gives you that flexibility. You kind of turn around, you're proud of what you've created as well. Um, and it's a great way to live the life you want. So my final question, you arrange the holiday of a lifetime for your clients, well, maybe holidays of a lifetime. Yes. Yeah. What is your holiday of a lifetime? Oh, so for me, I actually, um, there's a few on my list that I still want to do. I've obviously touched, I've been lucky enough to kind of party the Rio Carnival, see orangutans in Borneo. I've gone through safari in Africa. Um, but for me, I really want to head out to another part of Asia that I've never been before, Hong Kong. Um, it's a country that I really would like to try, um, maybe for a couple of nights, just to kind of try out the fantastic food, um, and then head over to Bali. Um, Bali is one I haven't done yet, so I really would like to, a multi-centre of Hong Kong for the city, head over to Bali, starting in Ubud, where we've obviously got the jungle region, um, renowned for its kind of local markets, its um, spa treatments, and as well as kind of activity, so zip lining through the forest, bamboo, oh, sorry, rafting along the river, um, and then heading to the beach. I think that kind of trip for me would tick all three boxes, city, adventure and beach. Um, and that is massively on my list, very, very closely followed by Japan. Wow. Fantastic. Never been to Hong Kong or Japan. Have no. been to Bali. Yes. Um, and we we skipped across. We were there for about a week and then skipped across to Lombok. Oh, lovely. We we thought was, I mean, yeah. what we liked about that was that it was it was a lot, it was very raw. Yes. I mean, they'd had the earthquake three years ago. Yes. Uh, yeah. People were just incredible. And so it, despite the fact that, you know, they, they'd had this horrible thing happen to them. They were so incredible. And then we went to some of the Gili Trawangan, Gili Meno, Gili, oh, wow. um, and the other Gili. I forget what it's called. That's on my list. Uh, That's exactly where I want to get to. Yeah. Well, Trawangan, if you go to Gili Trawangan, then a previous guest from our uh, on our podcast has yes. uh, opened a tiki bar there. Oh, um, okay. So you've got to go along there and say hello to them. Say you're a fellow guest and I'm sure you'll get a free rum. Oh, sure. brilliant. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so, so much for your time. Uh, this has just been one of the, well, you know, one of the most enjoyable ones. I'm just living vicariously through you. Oh, uh, thank you. But no, honestly, uh, thank you for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. So thank you. Thank you. And if people want to go and learn more about Dan's business, then go to Never A Wasted Journey on Instagram. Also, is it the same, neverawastedjourney.com? Um, that's right. Yes, it is. Yeah. Brilliant. And yeah. we'll put all the links in the show notes. Brilliant. So, thanks again, Dan. Thank you, Al. You all the best. Thank you. What an interesting, lovely and humble guy. He was great. So you can hear the enthusiasm in his voice as well, which is mm. really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, and you're smart of him to keep his business lean and think about taking it remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as well, you know, we've all learned the last 14 to 18 months how much of your job you can do remotely if, you, if you're lucky enough to, to, to have a job like that. So, yeah, good for him. Why not go and sit on a beach in Bora Bora and deal with Wayne Lineker's second cousin twice removed or something? I don't know. <laughs> so then they, and, he, and it was really interesting talking about Rwanda because um, uh, do you remember, Leanne, when we got into that taxi and the taxi driver told us about Rwanda and we were like, mm-hmm. mm. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, cool place, cool place. One of my favourite bits of that was the fact that he wanted to go to Bali and Gili Trawangan and um, Lombok and Leanne and I, we spent some time there, what, two years ago was it? Yeah, we, we were only there 30 days, but I look back and it felt like we were there for like three months in the best possible mm-hmm. way because it was just stunning and 
just a lovely, lovely time. And I'm I'm glad you were able to kind of point them a bit more towards maybe the Lombok Gilly Tea. No offence, Barley, we think you're lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, Lombok and Gilly Tea were just a step above in terms of just the beauty and the people and the atmosphere and, yeah, yeah, beautiful. Wouldn't it be cool if, if, if he could get, like, who's, who's someone famous? I can't think of anyone who's, I can't even think of, like, odd celebrities. Like who? Well, I was just thinking of Moira Stewart. Not she's odd, but just of all the celebrities Moira's you picked. pretty cool, actually. She is pretty cool, but just of all the people just to spring into your mind to take you, take them to Gilly Truanga, and then Moira Stewart jumped in my head. <laughs> and by the way, Moira, if you are listening, I don't mean that you're weird. Um, I just meant that it was just an odd choice. Hmm. Anyway. Should we, should, we, should we call it a day? Just to be clear, we've offended Dan and Morris Stewart in this episode. Perhaps shouldn't have had that second gin, Leanne. Maybe. Are we done? Is there anything else to say on this before we, we offend anyone else? I think I'd better shut up. Let's call it a day. Okay. Bye. Bye. Leanne, why do you keep letting me talk? I love that you think I have any control over you talking. (laughs) You could just give me the look. I do. Mm.